all, thanks for joining us on the Cream of the Crop podcast dedicated to agriculture. We talk to top leaders, share top ideas, and discuss top trends and products. We get to the heart of ag and put the issues on the table. Hey there, and welcome to the Cream of the Crop podcast. Today we have Jamie Viramontes, the co-owner of Viramontes Farms and Red Mountain Produce. Hey there, Jamie. Hello. I'm so excited to be here today. We're so excited to have you. How's the weather in New Mexico? Well, it's been horribly windy the last several days and up in the hundreds. And then today it was finally cooled off a little bit. and It seems to have settled. So we're pretty happy today. (laughs) When you say cooled off, do you mean like in the 90s? Yes, I do. (laughs) Well, actually, it's in the it's actually like 87 right now. So not Oh, perfect. (laughs) Better than 100. (laughs) It is, yes. Definitely. Our plants like it a lot better in the 90s than in the 100s. I bet. All right. Well, tell our listeners just a little bit about your background, um, like where you grew up and what that looked like for you. Okay. So I grew up in a small like rural town in central New Mexico. So I'm born and raised here in New Mexico, but since then come down to the southern part of the state. Uh, Where I grew up, I wasn't particularly on a farm or a ranch, but I always raised livestock for 4-H and SFA. And I competed in rodeos. And then I also helped work cows and uh, harvest beans on our family ranch that was located really close to our house. So I learned to love the land at like a really young age. My dad instilled a passion for agriculture and for the entire industry in me all growing up. And so I always loved ag. I was really, really active in both 4-H and FFA. Then I decided to attend New Mexico State University and pursue a degree in agriculture business. So I kind of kept the tradition going. And that's where I started dating my now husband, Cole. And so it was probably towards the end of my junior year that we really started dating and I graduated in 2011 with my degree in ag business and six months later we were married and I was working for the farm. That's a busy busy six months you had. (laughs) (laughs) Yes it was a very busy six months but it was really great. We always joke that my father-in-law when we were introduced on the farm we always joke that he said um what was her degree in and my husband tells her tells him ag business and he's like oh you're gonna marry that girl right? (laughs) It worked out good for the farm and for him, I guess. I guess so. Was that his family's farm that you met his dad, your father-in-law at? Yes. Yes. So he's a third generation farmer. My husband is. He's located here in Deming, New Mexico, and we are a diversified row crop farmer. So we grow watermelons, green chili peppers, onions, pumpkins, and then a lot of forage crops like wheat, alfalfa, grass mix, hay. I have to tell you, I have to be honest here. I'm totally fangirling because I love your Instagram page that you guys have. It's literally the best part of my day to like watch your stories. It's great. So anyone that's listening, go follow them on Instagram. But my question is, did you guys take over the farm from his family or is the family still involved just on top of you guys as well? So the family is still involved. His dad is partnering with us, but he is trying to slowly phase 
out of the farming world and retire and be able to go to his mountain house a little more often. So it's a little difficult, the dynamics of farming, you know, and being a family as well. We joke with him that he wants to leave, but then he wants to come back and make sure that everything is in order. So he's still on top of things, but we're slowly kind of taking over the operations. Do you think that he's ever going to leave or do you think he's going to stay forever? Oh, no way. Cole always jokes that he's going to have to make some type of a lift for his wheelchair so that he can get up onto the track. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love that. (laughs) And I bet your husband will do it. Oh, he would. Yes, in a heartbeat. (laughs) Okay, so on your Instagram, which those listeners that don't know, Red Mountain Produce has an Instagram and I'm totally fangirling. I love it. It's the best part of my day. It's like watching your stories. So on Instagram, I saw you guys say that you were making a really big announcement and I'm really curious. What's that announcement? First of all, I'm so honored and like proud that you love our Instagram so much. It was a huge leap jumping into that social media world. And I was honestly, I was so nervous to do it. So I created our account strictly to announce some job opportunities for the seasonal labor that we hire. And then this year, I just started kind of adding more and I got some feedback on the planting process and how people like looking at what our farm is. So now I've kind of expanded and it makes me so happy to hear that because it's pretty nerve wracking adding stuff onto the web about our operation and our family and everything. Do you think that a lot of farmers are scared to do what you're doing with Instagram? Oh yeah, definitely. It's so scary to put anything out like that. And then on top of that, you never know what type of feedback you're going to get. And there's so many stigmas on farming and the food food safety side of it and everything that is involved with the farming process that people don't really understand. And so I think it's really scary to put something out there and it be taken the wrong way. You know what I mean? That's awesome that you took that leap though and did it. I think that's probably encouraging to other growers that you can be transparent on Instagram and Facebook or any social media platform. And I think you've gotten a lot of positive feedback from your social media, haven't you? Yes, I have gotten so much positive feedback. It's been like unreal. Like I said, I didn't anticipate it or expect it by any means at all. But it's a great way that I'm learning to advocate for our industry and really bridge that gap between consumer knowledge and the producers. And that's really hard to do. I'm so thankful that there's people like you because I think a lot of times we get stuck in that fear of, well, let's just not say anything because what we say might be wrong. So for you to be able to be transparent about your operation is really inspiring I know to me and I'm sure to a lot of listeners too but what is that big announcement on Instagram okay so our big announcement is that we are now offering produce local to the consumer as well as ships so we've been thinking about this and praying on it for over a year now on how consumer trends are changing from not necessarily focusing so much on organic, but on appreciating local grown and helping out their local economies as well as their local produce that's right down the street from them. And I think especially with this COVID scare, whatever you want to call it, it's really opened the eyes to the consumer that, hey, I don't have to get produce from hundreds of miles away, I have a farm right down the road and they grow watermelons and I can get some from them. And so typically we've only offered our produce to large contracts and large retailers. And this year we decided to extend 
expand and offer it directly to the consumer as well. So we have put together these little, what we're calling the Harvest Handful, which are produce subscription boxes that people can order to be delivered to them here within our area and then also that they can pick up at a couple of different doors in the area. So it's just basically offering a variety of produce that's all local grown to these people here in town. So we really are excited about it because it's just something a little different and you know we've all heard of like FabFitFun and Itchy and all those subscription boxes and I was like why can't we do that for produce too? Exactly is it all your produce like that your family grows or is it like partnered with other growers? So I'm bringing in some other growers. Each box will contain mostly our produce, and then we will bring in one to two highlighted growers every other week. So it's twice a month. Are you guys doing any like marketing on the boxes that you're sending to kind of educate consumers? Not necessarily on the boxes, but we are including different recipes and we'll include information on the growers within the area. I love that. It's a pretty rural area that you guys live in, I'm guessing. Is it pretty far to get to grocery stores for most of the people that live around you? Yes and no. Um, The town itself has quite a few people within it, but it is a rural community. There are a lot of farmers and ranchers and there are quite a few people who do live on the outskirts of town. For us, it takes us 10 to 15 minutes to get to a store from wherever we're at on any of our farms or our houses. So you said that basically seeing consumer trends changing is what channeled this to start this harvest handfuls to start and be born. What did you see that made you realize that consumer trends were changing? Like, what was that point that you were like, we have to do something here? Honestly, just having people ask us like, hey, can I get some chili from you? Or can I get some onions? Can I just buy a watermelon off of you? And like for the watermelons, it's really easy. We have them in our produce packing facility, but the mass amount of produce that we are shipping out daily from within our fields, it's a little bit different. And all of that is perishable goods. So it's not like I can have my crew harvest a certain amount of chili and just sit on it for a while to see if people want to buy it. So it was kind of difficult because the logistics of it are a little trickier than just, sure, you can buy some chili off of me, you know. You said a little bit ago, you said that you were in charge of the food safety expectations for both of your operations. Are the food safety standards the same for these harvest handfuls that they are to go to Walmart or Kroger or whoever you're sending that to? Are they the same? Yes, they are the same. So we hold the same global food safety standards throughout our entire operation. So that's a big deal too, is that you're getting fresh local grown produce and it's also food safe to the highest of standards. You know, Walmart and Sam's Club and all these big retailers, they hold us up to really, really high standards when it comes to food safety and operations. And I know just working with you guys here at Highland, you guys take food safety very seriously. So we're just saying thank you so that listeners know that you guys are really the cream of the crop in this industry for sure. Has your husband, like how does he feel about this harvest handfuls? Because sometimes I feel like these uh, subscriptions and this may just be me, but I feel like sometimes women are a lot more attracted to these subscriptions that you get monthly or things that just show up at your door. Like it's more fun normally for women. So how does your husband feel about this endeavor? He actually, he's been so supportive. He was really excited and he's very big on we need to diversify. When you're farming, you take a huge risk each year. You know, you have to put 
all your expenses up front before you see any returns at all. And so we always say that farmers are professional gamblers because sometimes I think the casinos have better odds than we do. <laughs> but we diversify our crops. We try and dagger planting just to try and eliminate risk as much as possible. It's like where we're not focusing on that is our marketing outlet. We're marketing to the same outlet every year. And how can we change that a little bit and expand? And so we focus more on rather than expanding our acreage and growing in that respect, how can we open up some new marketing outlets and shift the produce a little bit more? It's also really helping with sustainability. These larger retailers, they're very nitpicky on exactly what a watermelon looks like because consumers don't want any blemishes or anything like that on their melons. So therefore, we can't tip those to Walmart. And they're still a perfectly good product. They just don't pass as far as quality standards go for those stores. So by doing this, we can still provide this great produce. It just might have a blemish or two on it. And so we can utilize that produce that for, honestly, a lot of times we're just throwing away. Yeah. And it's still a safe product. Like you said, it's, it's gone through the same exact expectations that every other product that you guys have shipped goes through. It's just that it's not as pretty. For your marketing, is that in-house? Like, is your marketing department all in-house or do you guys contract that out? That's all me. <laughs> All you. Wow. You are a woman of many hats. Right now, our marketing strategy is online, social media, and word of mouth and getting the word spread around. Since we're really targeting more of a local customer base, it helps because everyone talks. They're pretty good at spreading the word for us. (laughs) And it's a good word to spread, especially this um, new project that you guys are jumping into. So since you and your husband are working business partners all the time on the farm, I have this funny question, I like to call it, but is there anything that you can do on the farm that your husband may not actually be capable of? Well, as far as the equipment and all the growing of the plants, I kind of leave that up to him. But what I bring to the table, I guess you would say, is the bookwork and the numbers, the financial side of things. He hates computers. He hates technology. (laughs) And so I bring that side of the table. And then he always jokes that I take care of the bills and he grows the crop. That's kind of what we found to be the case with our farm. But honestly, in the last couple of years, we've really tried to find a balance between the two. You know, it used to be like, I'd get the bills and I'd be like, why is this bill so high? Or why are you spending this much money on this particular product? And he, at the same time, would just be out there like farming. And I had no idea what he was putting into his crop. So he's started to be a little more conscious about, you know, doing the cost benefit analysis and sitting down and looking at the numbers with me. And then as well as I have been more in the field and trying to learn a little bit more about his process and his fertility programs and why he's spending all this money for these crops. It sounds like you guys definitely have a good blend of give and take and you're both interested in what each other are doing. I know all these things because of Instagram again, but I know you have two little ones at home. How old older they tell us about them yes i do so our son kaden just turned five last week and our daughter gracie is two years old so they are tiny they keep us really busy and they're just definitely your typical little farm kids that love riding on tractors and all things outside playing in the dirt that's funny i definitely appreciate the farm kid life and being able to raise your kids in that atmosphere that i know you were raised in indirectly and that your husband was also raised in why do you think it's so important for your kids to grow up on the farm oh my goodness there's so many important to 
is for them to grow up. But our main goal is just to raise them to love the land and be passionate about putting hard work into everything that they do. And then appreciate and be grateful for this legacy that they get to live out. Since we're a third generation farm, it's definitely in the family. And while we don't require necessarily them to take over one day, we would love that. But we're leaving that completely up to them. And both my father-in-law and my husband moved away from the farm for a little while before deciding that they really wanted to be farmers. So we'll encourage them to do anything that they want to do and pursue all their own dreams. But our main goal is that in raising them is that no matter what they do, where they go, they look back and they look back at this farm with gratitude and appreciation and great memories. And so, you know, right now my son says that he's going to grow chili peppers for Martians on the moon. So he'll be an astronaut farmer and we're just feeling that dream. You do what you want. So after you talked about those things that are important for your kids to do on the farm and to learn on the farm and that it's going to serve them wherever they go, what does that look like? What are the values that they learn on the farm like how is that actually going to benefit them wherever they choose to go the values that they learn on the farm are really endless you know we tried to teach them about working hard and being proud of the work that you put into it we like to say on our farm that we center everything around prayer and positivity so it's really easy to pick out the negative things on our farm and for every great field there's always a field that doesn't look too good or that isn't yielding as good as we'd like and there's so many struggles that we face I always tell my husband you know for one negative thing that's going on, look at five other positive things. That's the only way to get through all these little struggles is to be positive and to have that mindset or else you can really get down in the dumps really quick. And then prayer, you know, there's so many things that are factors in the success of our business that we can't control. You know, we can't control the weather. We can't control all the pests that come in and we definitely can't control market prices as much as we'd love to. (laughs) So, you know, just letting go of what we can't control and all those worries and just putting all that into prayer and believing and trusting that we know God's going to get us through. And so we strive for our kids to always see that in us. And, you know, of course, there's going to be times where they see us stressed out or worried because that's life and all part of the business too. But we really try to keep that optimistic view and the good things in front of them to just really keep pushing forward. I think that's applicable advice in all aspects of life in farming or not in farming. I think it's something that we could all grab a piece of that. So we're closing all the episodes with one piece of advice that you would give. And I kind of wanted to focus this piece of advice on moms because you're such a great mom and you're a co-owner of a company and you're a farmer and you do food safety. Like you have all these different hats. What is one piece of advice that you would give to maybe a mom out there in the ag industry that's in the same place as you? Well, this is definitely a hard one for me. You know, my biggest thing is just have grace and be quick to forgive yourself. You know, I think all of us moms and women, we feel like we're superwomen and we can do it and we can do it all. And uh, my biggest thing is just don't feel defeated when you don't get to all your to-dos. I'm a big list person. I have like my monthly to-do list, my weekly to-do list. And sometimes if I don't cross out everything I wanted to on that list, it really defeats me mentally. And so, you know, if you're working, you're basically as a mom and a business owner, you're a full-time working mom and you can't do it all in a day. And there's going to be time where your kids need more attention and 
and you're going to have to just focus on them. And then there's going to be times where you don't get to a craft project that you want to do with your kids because the farm is demanding your attention in that moment. And that's okay. And that's what's been so hard for me to resonate with myself. You know, I want to be the best mom, but then I also want to be excelling in our business. And I can't neglect that because that's our lifestyle. And then I also have my husband to support. So I want to be a good wife to him. And so just forgive yourself. There's going to be times where your sink is full of dishes and you've got loads of laundry, but your kids are happy that day and they're fed and you got your bookwork done. So you got to look at the good and not just be worried on everything that you don't succeed in for that day. Just look at the good things and know that you can't always do it all. (laughs) So I like to say to enjoy the little moments with your kids, the farm walks and picking crops and all the special and unique things that we get to do as farm moms that sometimes we take for granted. And then I try to be a supportive wife, but there are so many highs and lows in the farm world. And so it's important to be right there with your husband facing all of the good and getting through the struggles together, but then celebrating the victories together as well. Really, it's all about attitude and mindset that you bring to the table. So I'm not a mom and that really just spoke to me. I needed to hear all of that because I'm such a list person. So I really think we need to be friends off of the podcast for sure. Oh, I'm so down for that. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us just to talk about life and farming and being a mom and being a business owner and all the things. We're so glad that you took out some time to talk to us today. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me on. This was really awesome. We enjoyed it. We will talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast has been a presentation of Has Media, copyright 2020, all rights reserved. Be sure to follow us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Highland Ag Solutions.